Okay. All right. So MotoGP, let's get into it. Um, and, you know, I think big takeaways from the weekend with MotoGP were that, number one, Jack Miller is is for real. He had two long lap penalties, and it did not matter. Um, so big, big tip of the cap to the Aussie. I mean, what a race. And uh, he ran it as just about as well as you could run it. Um, the Frenchman, Johan Zarco, coming in second. Another second place for Johan Zarco. Congratulations to him on his home soil there. And then a third for Fabio. Now, if you remember, I made some bold predictions. I thought it was going to go one to Johan and Fabio. Um, I got, I, I didn't get it right, but I was close. Um, so I'm going to take a small victory there. But, um, you know, I, I really just thought as hard as that race was because of the conditions. And when the rain started coming down there, when they were on slicks, yeah. I thought to myself, there is no way I make it back to the pits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and so saying that, I want to move into something that irked me right off the top. And that was the move I saw Marquez make on pit lane. Oh, okay. okay. I think I, I know what you're going to say. He's going to, when he, okay. Yes. So yeah. number one, we ding Jack Miller for speeding into the pits. Okay. Okay. He, he was obviously speeding. They showed the video, but nobody talked about that move that Marquez made where he went over the white lines and just kind of got inside of Fabio Quartararo and didn't just get inside, got right next to him. Yeah. In, in conditions that aren't ideal, on slicks. I, I thought that was unnecessary, but it showed me that the old Marquez is still there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I, but I felt like that was completely unnecessary. In the end, it did not matter. But when he did that, I immediately thought, what is he doing? <laughs> I don't, I, I, I just, I'd not, that's not what I thought, but that's all I'm going to say on the podcast. I, right. Why did he do that? <laughs> I, Why did it, he do that? We keep a Disney Channel here, folks. So. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I just I didn't understand that move. I thought it was unnecessary and maybe a little dangerous. Now, some people are going to say, well, they're professionals. They can handle it. And obviously, Fabio um, didn't flinch. But you know what? I think that bothered Fabio because then he went into the wrong garage. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, these guys are professionals, but that doesn't being a professional does not excuse you from courtesy, courtesy, being courteous and human decency and respect on track. You know, and I think it was actually Alex Renz that made the comment last year about Marquez says that he does not respect folks on track, uh, and that was when they had one of their tussles. But um, no, the, the, to your point. The first thing that I definitely noticed was the speed differential that Marquez had coming into the pits. Because, you know, Fabio was already at his pit speed, it looked like. And you just saw Marquez close immediately straight up to to him into that white line. into that, And as they crossed in, they were elbow to elbow. And, um, it, you know, like you said, Fabio 
went into the wrong pit, had to run an extra 10 yards and then uh, to hop, <laughs> hop on the bike. So, um, and he got penalized for that. Yeah, yes, he did. I don't understand why they penalized him for that. I mean, it's still Yamaha. If he'd have gone to KTM, <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't have taken his bike from him. <laughs> right. So who cares? Exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't understand why that's a problem, but at the same time, okay, whatever. Um, but that's a problem. You're going to penalize him, but what Marquez did was not a problem? Yeah. That's that's where I start to have the issue. Like let's let's stop giving Marquez the pass all the time. If he didn't do if he doesn't do anything wrong, he doesn't need to be punished. But if he, you know, they they punish guys all the time. So again, why punish Fabio for what he did when you're talking about gaining an advantage cuz he obviously didn't. His bike change took longer. His yeah. you know, he had to run between he obviously hurt himself it was, there. It was a disadvantage, what, yeah. That's right. But Marquez came in there, endangered himself and another rider, and was probably speeding. And we're you know talking, what I mean? Well, also, we're talking about a Marquez who's not, who is admittedly not at full potential right now, not at full strength. That's so right. He does That's not right. have optimal control of that motorcycle. You know, and I'm not saying that Marquez is coming there like an unguided missile, you know, much like Jorge Lorenzo did at uh, Catalonia. Oh. But oh. Um, I had to get that jab in. But, uh, yeah, you, you know. Did. I like it. I like it. But Jorge's, you know, Jorge's on the bow bus. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's on the, that bow bus. He's the hood ornament. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, Marquez. Take that, Jorge. We, you, you're you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head that the Marquez head games are still there, and I don't want to say that it's a desperation move of how he plays it because he looked very good, you know, leading the race. It was it it was it was good for me to see Marquez leading a race again because that tells me what's gonna come. You, you know that that shows me that. He's going to keep fighting to get into top, tip top shape. I think he's aiming for the the summer break this year to really try to make a step forward with his strength um, and to get back on the horse. But, you know, we saw a little bit of a lapse, I guess, and, and it could be conditions. It could, you know, whatever it was that caused them to, to crash. Um, we did see almost a little bit of the old Marquez. That was a little bit of a wild card, I think, probably from 2017, early 2018. It's so... Okay, so let me jump in real right here, talking about Marquez. Okay, so what I always said about Marquez was, you know, he's crashed so much early on because he was always finding the absolute limit. Right. And he would crash and crash and crash in practice, but then in the race he would do okay. But I always said this, that eventually that's going to catch up because your body just can't take it, especially as you get older. And then we see him, he's still doing it now. And and to me that boggles my mind. How many? He's already had more than five crashes. He's only been in th three races. Uh, obviously, and, he didn't mean to crash on Sunday, though, right? Uh, I mean, that was no. no but that's just the same thing. Like he never had a chance to test the limits in practice. So who? But he did crash in practice. But the limits were also Again, the limits were also changing in practice too. Listen, though, right? don't try you to know? excuse Marquez to me. Well, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, this guy does not. Get it? He just he races one way, and and he has been maybe the best we've ever seen. He's certainly been one of the best to ever do it. There is no disputing it. But the crashes, I mean, go through. I just went through and counted them up. 
he's had, including France, he crashed three times because he crashed once in practice, twice in the race. Mm -hmm. He crashed twice in the previous week in, in, uh, in practice, and he crashed once in the week before that. So he's had five, six crashes in three races in practice and everything. That's a ton of crashing for a guy that just got back because of crashing. So my point is, is that this mindset that he has has got to change or he's going to hurt himself. Now, to your point about him leading the race and looking good, yeah, yeah, he did. But I will tell you that I don't really put much stock in it until he does it at a dry race because he's always been the absolute master of the mixed conditions. Taking out a slick on a semi-dry track with just barely a dry line has been his thing. He has always been the best at that. They made mention, you know, I talked to uh, our friend Dan about this at the, at, at, you know, and he mentioned it to me too. And we were talking about it because they mentioned that he's been a master of the wet conditions. That's not true. That's not true. If you look at his finishes in full wet, it's not been great. But what is true is when it's mixed conditions and Marquez is doing flag to flag and switching bikes, he has been almost unbeatable. Right. And we saw it again this week. I mean, we didn't know what was going to happen. They started dry. It went wet. And there's a rumor, and I think there's, and I believe there's an interview where Marquez said he was going to come in and go to a slick, that lap that he crashed. So he lost concentration because he was going in. Mm. So he was going to come in and go back to a slick. Now, whether or not that would have worked out, I don't know. But if there was a guy that could have made it work, it's Marquez. But, when he went down the second time, I was like, dude, you have got to stop. He didn't get hurt. He was fine. Those crashes were minor, just sliding out. But those other crashes where he was hitting the air fence were not minor. And you, you just can't, you just can't keep that up. That's what I'm trying to say in all of that. And Marquez has got to figure out with his new normal, what that means. And I realize his arm, the doctors have assured him that arm is rock solid. But the rest of his body is just as susceptible <laughs> to injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to, you can't, you can't keep throwing it down. You just can't. You're getting old. You have to stop that at some point. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. Like I said, though, you know, it was good to see him lead again. Um, I think that what you're saying, you know, to the point, to your point is he's got to move his goalposts a little bit um, and understand yep. that they've, you know, he's not going to be running where he wants to be. And I think we could argue that Marquez running at 100% Marquez pace is not necessarily just front, you know, just at the front of the pack, but it's Marquez at the front of the pack with seconds between him and the second place. I agree. That's my thing. Like, dude, you can win without going as fast as you can. And and like, uh, no, I see what you're saying because now he's got to, you know, no pun intended. He's got to change gears a bit and realize that, you know, what was see the, what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> very clever. Yes. You're, you're a clever man. The first one's free, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, listen, we, we got off on yeah, Marquez though, yeah, let's, but, yeah. but let's, let's get back to, you know, 
Um, our podium finishers, which Fabio finishing in third was a great, he also had a long lap penalty because that's what we talked about. He went into the wrong garage, which I found hilarious because you know what? His mechanic just came and drug the bike through <laughs> Maverick's garage and into theirs like nothing happened. So, so, so I thought think, that was brilliant. You think there's going to be a Lorenzo wall now that goes up in the uh, garage? There may be, maybe. I don't, I don't think Maverick would care. I mean, it didn't mean anything to him. You know what I mean? Like it affected him zero because – well, he was where Maverick is. And, and mm. you know, I think I just thought that was an asinine penalty. I just felt like, yeah. you know, no, let's, let's, let, we're going to let Marquez get away with that. But, oh, you went into the other side of the Yamaha garage. Again, if he'd have gone into the KTM garage, I'm totally with you. Like, that's the wrong one. But he was at Yamaha. Okay, so what are we worried about? Um, Francesco, Francesco Bagnaia, once again, showing us his skill, his quality as a rider, his ability to bring a bike home and get points doing exactly what you need to do mm-hmm. when you when you don't have it. And I mean, he was what, sixteen seconds. So he was a couple of seconds behind Quartararo. Um, you know, he was one point seven seconds. I just I am this guy is blowing my mind. He really is. He is so good. Um, you know, Miller looks like he's beginning to click into form. This Ducati team, they're, they're going to be tough oh to beat. Goodness, they're they're going to be terribly yeah. strong. It, 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 and yeah. throw Zarco in the mix. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Ducati is Ducati's on cloud nine right now. No, you're absolutely right. And and you know, I'm I'm not a huge Ducati team fan. Um, it's too much red for me. But Jack Miller, I mean, you're and, and I and and, and admittedly. I wasn't a huge Banyaya fan, uh, but as far as watching him go about the way that he does each weekend, you know, you mentioned it last week was he's just so professional. He's so laid back. He's just so it it's just I don't want to say it looks he's making it look easy. Uh, you know, it, it just, and I don't think this was a, obviously the conditions weren't ideal this weekend, but he makes it look easy so far. And I think he even made the comment that he, he uh, a few weeks ago that the Ducati can fight for a podium every single race. Um, you know, and so that, that and would he's almost, not wrong. No, not at all. And, and, you know, was it, like, they've been always, on the podium every single race. And, and speaking back to your point that says Ducati's got to be on cloud nine and right now we've only got one Yamaha that is really consistently towards the front, or at least trying to be. You know, we saw Fabio that had to, had a bad finish at Jerez due to the arm pump, but um, but nothing. No, but he's to, there. Yeah, that had yeah. nothing to do with him. But yeah, not yeah, to yeah. take anything away from from Jack Miller. You know, you alluded to it at the beginning of the at the beginning of the, the topic about GP two long lap po- long lap penalties. It didn't matter. He still shut it down. He still ran a beautiful race, and it's such a just a just a phenomenal race from from both he and Zarco. It's unbelievable. We saw something we had never seen before again this season, which is a guy taking two long lap penalties and winning a race. That's that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. And you know, all credit to him for staying in it and uh, uh, you know and, and keeping his mindset because he could have gotten upset with the double long lap penalty, which. Why did he get a double long lap penalty for speeding? Because was it the amount he was over? Or, I don't know. I mean, look, I feel like they're just up in there making rules up as they go. I don't know what. There's no consistency There's to consistency, mean. Exactly. Mean that, yeah, they, they are. I mean, it's 
I have a phrase I want to use, but again, we're keeping it Disney, so I can't. But to me, it's it's a travesty that the the premier racing organization, their punishments are so, are so inconsistent. You're telling me that you can't do better? Do better. You know who it is, too. You know it's up there. It's Mike Webb. It's well, and then, you know Freddie Spencer's up there. I don't know what he's doing, but we need we need some we need some help. You know we yeah. need you guys to do better and be more consistent because you know Fabio Fabio's was not as serious to me uh, as Jack's. And okay, there you go. But for Mark to get nothing and for Jack to get a double for speeding, come on, come on, let's go. Let's yeah. get some consistency. So um, I'll get off my high horse there. Uh, fifth, Danilo Petrucci. That's a great finish for Danilo. He needed this. Um, he's a good wet weather rider. He's really, I think he gets overlooked in the wet, but he is, he's really, really good in the rain. And I would, you know, if, if it rains every week for the rest of the year, hey, Danilo's going to be up there challenging yeah. for the top spot. He bet on it. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, Alex Marquez is really good in the rain, always has been. And, um, you know, he brought it home in six. So for LCR Honda, great finish. By the way, I just want to say that that LCR Honda is one of the best looking motorcycles on that grid. It is a stunner. I would, I love that motorcycle. Um, but you know, he, he's doing a great job over there at LCR, um, Taka Nakagami finishing in seventh, another, so, so Honda's top 10, you had Alex Marquez at LCR, Taka Nakagami at LCR Idemitsu, and then your boy, Polo Spargaro, bringing it home with a solid ninth place. I mean, is he doing the job for HRC or what? You know, he's earning his corn, so uh, I'm all about it, but, uh, I... is he on the bow bus? He's still under it, man. He's got to still be under it, um, at least on, on principle. But, I mean, it goes back to saying, you know, like you said, Alex Marquez is great in, in wet weather. We saw it last year at at, um, at Le Mans, too. Um, but I still have a hard time just – I still disagree with the fact that Alex got booted without really giving much of a chance at the Repsol. Uh, I think it would – I do, would, too. I really I would do have liked to have seen him stay on that bike for one more year and – Paul Spargo do whatever he needed to do to go to World Superbike or find another seat, whatever. Um, ooh, ooh, but ooh. Uh, knives are out, folks. The knives <laughs> are out. Easy, easy, big fella. So, Iker Lekawono, top ten. Is that his first top ten in, in GP? I, I, yes, I think it is. And 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 so, I wanted to say to him, congrats. Yes. And you know, uh, you proved you proved me wrong. I, I, you could have give, you could have given me, you know, ten guesses at a different top ten. He wouldn't have made it at any of my top ten lists. And then, and good for him. He beat your boy and mine, our favorite punching bag, <laughs> Maverick Vinales. Um, this is just more of the same from Maverick yeah. than me to me. Uh, you know. But really quick, I just want to say that for Eker to finish in ninth, you know, that, and then for Danilo to finish in fifth, what I said earlier about the teams, that's a team thing. Yeah. 
they set those bikes great. And, you know, Hervé Poncheral has been in the paddock for a long time. And he knows what to do and what he's doing, and so does Tech 3. And this kind of race exemplifies the fact that that's a quality team. A, a, they belong there, and they should have great, great support from the factories because they know what they're doing. LCR, too. LCR, too. I mean, you, you, you put two – you had four riders, all factory teams in the top ten – and, you know, to me, you're beating some factory guys and guys on factory bikes. So, I mean, that's just, that's tip of the cap. But uh, Maverick's doing what Maverick does and what we, what we have seen him do for three, four years now. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't, yeah. I don't have anything good to say, so maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, hey, that's what the, that's what we're here for, right? Um, is constructive criticism, something like that. That's what. We're All right, we'll it. crank up the um, bow bus. Let me hear it. You know, Maverick Vinales is fifth in the championship now. We haven't seen the finishes that we know Maverick Vinales is capable of, but uh, or that we think that Maverick Vinales is capable of. Um, and I'll and I'll say that purposefully, um, because you know maybe he's not the rider in GP or that that Yamaha really thought he was supposed to be you know we see you know moments of brilliance from maverick and yellows but there's just no consistency there's we've said it time and time is is a one lap wonder you know he qualified second on the gray started second and slipped to 10th i know that conditions are rough but i mean at, at some point you know you're not, you're not just seeing that in that condition you know you're seeing it at other races as well so there's there's a commonality that needs to be figured out somewhere. What's causing these, these poor results. Um, so, so here's the thing. Maverick Vinales ran the second fastest lap of the race. Fabio Quartoro ran the first, first fast. He ran the fastest. And, and then Maverick runs the second fastest lap of the race. Both of them did it on lap two. Mm-hmm. So it's not a machine issue. It's not a talent issue. It has to be mental, Bo. It has to be. It has to be an approach. It has to be something that Maverick has in his head because there's no other explanation for it. You know, I would say maybe tires, except that, like I said last week, he shows up late in the race all the time running Mm -hmm. faster than the leaders to get into ninth and to get into seventh. It's, It's astounding to me, and I don't understand it. And I think he probably doesn't either. But if he wants to be a serious title contender, he better get it figured out. I completely agree. I I just I don't mean, think it's – obviously, we've said it before. It's a long season. But with the way that all the other all, all the other riders that we've already talked about are showing form, Banyaya, Quartararo, Zarco, Miller, these guys right now are showing championship form. You know, Fabi oh, yeah. – or excuse me, Maverick is not – Maverick is not showing that competitive edge, uh, you know. And, and yep. we saw Fabio. Fabio placed what fifteenth or sixteenth at at Jerez, and yeah. is leading the point, leading the championship by one point. Yep, yep, he sure is. I mean, listen, I I just I'm, I'm just frustrated with the Maverick situation because we all know he has the ability to be a world beater. Um. But you remember when I said there's something about Marquez when Marquez gets in the championship, Maverick Vinales just 
Wilkes. Doesn't seem to have it very often. He just ghosts on everybody, and he has gone ghost. He is nowhere to be found. There's a Marquez in the building, and he he doesn't like it. So I don't know. Well, hopefully he'll get it figured out. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, so moving down, we got Rossi finishing in 11. I think this is a step forward for Rossi this year. <laughs> um, that's tough to say, but it is. I mean, he's got some point. He finished in the points, and he finished the race. Yeah. Um, I remember someone saying they felt like Rossi wouldn't finish the race. Do you remember who that was? I can't remember. Where who I don't was know that? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, anyway, well, I thought I remembered anyone say it. You sissy, step up and take your medicine. Um, but uh, <laughs> name calling um, on part yeah, turn one, yeah, folks. Yeah, yeah. Stop being a sissy. You want to put people on the bow bus, but when you say something that's not true, come on. Um, Luca Marini finishing in 12th, Brad Bender and Ea Bastianini, and Tito Rabat getting a point for Premac. Well done, sir. Now, it was a race of attrition. And right. I, Alex, Captain Gravel, wins <sighs> in the... Yeah, you know, I, 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 I mean... I haven't even looked at my fantasy team because I think I still had Renz in there. I, I really had some hope for him, but nope, I was done. I, I'm, I'm I've got to I've got to drop Alex. I, I'm sorry. It's got to be. Yeah, man. You 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 wanted. Yeah, you know what? I wanted to believe. It, it's so I, I really prophetic to, to me. I know. I, it's so prophetic to me. Someone that says I should be in that championship conversation, and then can't finish a flipping race. Well, you know what, bud? Prove it. Don't talk about it be about it. That's something we always used to say when I was growing up. Don't talk about it, be about it. And here you are. So stop talking about you should be in the conversation and be in the conversation because we're, we know you're fast. Yeah. It's there. Please make it stop. It's hard to watch. (laughs) It's hard to watch. I'm tired of watching it. Um, Alicia Spargaro. Now you, you had some things to say about Alicia Spargaro. Alicia Spargaro had kind of, you know, dismiss the thought that De- Davizioso's testing was helping at all. And uh, so where, where, where are you on that? I mean, are you unhappy so, uh, with his dismissiveness? Uh, I, I can't disagree with it. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that objectively because I can't, I can't necessarily disagree with the comment that he made around Dovey's uh, testing. He, you know, he said that Dovey's testing really isn't working or excuse me, I'm sorry. It's really not doing anything for the development of the bike. And to his credit, it, I don't think it is because I really think Dovey is just trying to figure out if he really if he likes this bike or not you know if he really wants to ride it on a full-time basis i and you know aprilia and dovey are both dismissing a lot of the ideas of a dovey wild card this year um obviously dovey tested in Magello, but it was raining so you know there wasn't a whole lot of pushing that was a, uh, able to be had there but you know alicia spargaro has taken a lot of credit uh for the development of this aprilia and he deserves a lot. He does. He's been there through the the horrible bikes, and now that he is there for a good bike, you have to believe that some of the ideas that he gave them over the last three years, or some of the feedback that he gave them, they've listened to. Why else would they wad up the napkin and start over? 
and I can't dis I can't completely disagree with that. It's it's just the maybe it's just the bad taste that another Aspargo has left with me that it, it there's uh, it just feel like there's oh. a chip on I just feel like there's a chip on the shoulder there. Um, oh okay and, maybe so and, and, maybe this runs in the family. And, and we see a, a lot of riders that will go out and set fast fast laps. If you find a Quartararo, a Marquez, a Miller, a Banyaya setting a fat a zarco setting a fast lap vinyala setting a fast lap somewhere i will put money that there's an aspargaro just behind him trying to set a fast lap yeah and, and grab yep. on that toe and, and you know part of that's smart you know obviously we we try to fa- follow the faster there's some strategy there yeah there is but at the same time there's also a um I guess it, I guess it irks me a bit to see all the time, you know, to set your watch by it and always see Alasia Sparger trying to grab a toe instead of going out and going doing his own business. But, you know, we saw it with Marquez. He he followed Mir because he needed to know where he was losing speed. So maybe that's part of it, um, you know, that Alasia's seeing like where can I gain it from, and not so much that you know, well, I'm not as quick as these guys. But, you know, it, it's a. It, I really want to see Dovey on that bike next year, I guess, is the central thesis that I'm coming down to. Well, you know, Aprilia's listened to this podcast, so make your case. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Massimo Rivola, sign Dovey, please. Okay, there it is. There it is, Massimo. You heard him. Now go do your job. You know, I I think um, what you're saying is true. I I think Aleish does deserve a lot of credit for sticking it out. You know, it was tough there for a few years, and... He's getting a chance to ride a, com- a more competitive bike now. And is it, is it at the front? No. But at the same time, he has the ability to finish in the top six or seven. Yeah, right. Yep. And that and that's and that's more fun because that's actually racing. Um, but real quick, you know, I, I mentioned Alex Rins, but Joan Mir also threw it away. Um, yeah. I, man, Suzuki right now. Well, Joan Mir, this is one of those races again. I'm not going to... He crashed, and that's really not what he does. He had a bad day. Okay, that's not a big deal. But the other side of that garage, it's a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> it's an absolute dumpster fire, and I, Jason, I'm don't done. Hold back. Well, I'm not. You know, look, how many races has he finished this year? You're not wrong. You're you're absolutely not wrong. I I, I, did, I oh, said oh, that. Oh, oh, so you, you know, I'm, I'm completely oh, yeah. agree. The frustration is yeah, so real. I'm, Right. No, the frustration is real, and he needs to he needs to suck it up and fix it. Um, but for Mir, he did crash, and it is disappointing. But you know what? A, can, a race like this, like I said, the margin for error is so small. Mm-hmm. Um, you're lucky. I, I think you're almost lucky to finish these kind of races. I mean, literally, the amount of rain that was coming down while they were on slicks was crazy. It was crazy. It was raining so hard. And uh, so... You know, I think that's just, it's unfortunate Suzuki had a terrible weekend, but, you know, they'll come back. I know Mir will. I don't know what Alex will do. It's at this point, if you don't, if he doesn't crash, we're surprised and we'll talk about the fact that he didn't crash and that's a problem. So. Yeah, I think you're right there. Definitely. No, I mean, you know, Franco, he crashed, but he got back up. You know, Franco, uh, I saw that crash. That was a little bit of user error there. Franco messed up. Well, so, yes, I agree. 
However, I don't think Franco had any. Paul Spargo started it. Yes, don't he get, did. Yes, yes, he I did. knew that's what you wanted to get out there. I knew that's what you wanted to get out of there. So, Paul Spargo started the whole chain well, reaction. So these are these guys are all racers, right? You know, they're they're one. They need to get jockey for position. Paul had a little bit of a moment coming out on the rear end in the chicane, and that kind of left. You know, Rossi obviously overtook him. Paul got right back in the throttle and immediately adjusted adjusted that brake marker to compensate for his lack of drive coming out. And, you know, Franco went to the inside and it left him nowhere to go. Uh, right. Quite honestly, Franco right. was very lucky that he was the only bike involved. Or excuse me, the other guys were uh, lucky that he was the only rider yeah. involved. He was close to um, him, for sure. You know, unfortunately, kind of aggravated a knee injury that he already had. But had he yep. hit other riders, Franco's looking at a penalty, you know, for irresponsible yeah, riding for sure. next, next race. So I think that, sure. it, that turned out as as good as it could have turned out. You know, I'll... I'll given the situation so i can't right, i can't I, I, I can't openly fault you know say hey you know point a finger there it's just kind of it's a racing incident right right absolutely well you know what so you know to close up on this race you know right. i think you know just big big shout out to jack miller really happy to see him doing well i'm super happy to see johan johan zarco continuing to just ride out of his skull you know he's yeah. he is he has just been so impressive this year. So, you know, I think I think this this year is going to be interesting. I I would I'm sure they'll get back to dry conditions next time, and we'll see what happens. But this was a fun thing to watch for me because of all the, you know, all the the obstacles and all the variables that were thrown into a race that normally aren't there. And um, some people handled it really well, and then some people struggled. And uh, it was good to see um, Jack and Ducati. Uh, with three out of the top four finishers, you know, like we said, Ducati's a real force to be reckoned with right now in MotoGP. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens as the year goes on. No, certainly. And, you know, uh, it was it was, it was was really cool to hear, you know, Jack Miller's name mentioned uh, with another name, uh, another Australian, uh, who's one of the best that we'd ever seen come through in Casey Stoner, yep. you know, the first yep. uh, Australian rider to win back-to-back races since, what, 2012, I think, and that was when Stoner was uh, was riding. So really cool to see that, and I'm sure Jack loves to be a part of that conversation as well. But like you said, huge kudos to, and congratulations to Jack Miller. Keep up the keep up the good work and keep the momentum going. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think that wraps it up for MotoGP for me, but, you know, I think uh, all in all it was just a really – fascinating spectacle to watch as those all those riders and all the classes had to navigate those conditions because they were terrible right um but you know it was it was fun to watch and and i i would watch it again but uh we have a another series kicking off um world superbike kicking off this week in aragon um i think this is one of the most interesting series out there uh i love that they do the two races a weekend um i love that they have a super sport and uh they have a then they have the uh, 300s the ssb 300 i mean this is a serious really serious series and um there are some really talented riders um starting with the the five-time world champion defending world champion jonathan ray on the kawasaki i mean i I really wonder what this guy could do over in some of the other series. What about you? 
Definitely. I mean, we've seen Jonathan Ray dominate, just absolutely dominate. You know, we we saw Alvaro Batista kind of start to give him a run for his money uh, with the uh, uh, the Ducati at the beginning of last year and the V4. But, uh, you know, once again, Ray with just ridiculous consistency and grit and determination just continues to grind it out. Excuse me, the year before um, on, uh, on the Ducati, when the Ducati first unveiled in 2019. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, it, like you said, I, I mean, I would love to see what, what would happen if he were to step into a, a MotoGP grid and, and, uh, or, or a different series abroad too, like a, a Moto America. Well, and for those people that don't know, the World Superbike Championship is based on production level bikes. Now, these are not production level motorcycles at this level, um, but they're based on a production bike. So, the ZX10RR is this bike that you can go buy. The YZFR1, uh, the v, Ducati V4R. Um, these are bikes that can be bought off the showroom. Now, these are heavily, heavily modified. They're not what you buy off the showroom. But that's where they start. Whereas in MotoGP, it's an all prototype class. Nothing is on the showroom. So it's really interesting to me that a guy on a bike, a superbike, would be able to outrun some MotoGP riders at the same track last year. And that's that just means to me that they're really racing. This is not a, a huge step down in terms of power and all that. Your thoughts? No, exactly. I mean, you know, it's it's this is an exciting series for us to watch um, simply because of what you said, you know, because these are bikes that we can essentially go out and buy. You know, we can we can go sit on these and, and we can we can ride these and we can, you know, not we can almost have a piece of what some of these guys at the world level are actually competing on. And it gives us a sense of a frame of reference, if you will, of what these guys are able to do on a bike. Um, especially when we see times that, that we might be running at a track day versus times of what some of these guys are running at a track that we have ridden at before, or, you know, we know what a normal track day time would be. And the differences are just astounding to see just how fast these guys can really go and how much they can ring these bikes out and, and gain time and the talent that's there and the technology that, that still goes into these bikes beyond what the, what can come off of the showroom. It's, it's definitely, it's just, it's, it's a really fun series to watch. It it really is. It, It really is. You know, we have, um, You've got, I think, I think Yamaha, BMW, Kawasaki, Honda. I mean, so you have lots of manufacturers. But you know, we have an American over there too, in Garrett Gerloff, a former uh, Moto America rider, who was a rookie last year for Yamaha at the uh, GRT Yamaha World Superbike Team, and at the end of the year, really came on really, really strong. I, I I love Garrett Gerloff. I'm a huge Garrett Gerloff fan. Uh, it, the way that he adapted to using Pirelli's, um, you know, coming from the, the Dunlops that America was using in Moto America, it he was quick. He was really quick at Phillip Island when they kicked off, um, and and then you know he kind of he kind of roasted those tires a bit that first race, and then as the season went on and progressed, he really learned how to manage the race better. He had pace right off the bat, and and just just really showed where our American talent can do when it, when it comes up and, and he's just a, a phenomenal 
individual. He's just such a down. Yeah, he really guy is. And, he's a good guy. Yeah. Just, you know, and obviously I've never spoken with Garrett Gerloff and never, you know, talked to him face to face, but he just seems so. I'll have to introduce you. I, I wish he would. Um, yeah, he just seems so approachable, <laughs> you know, in, in all of his post-race interviews, real down to earth. And, and uh, I just I wish all the success in the world to him. And, and I really want him to take it to these guys this year. Yeah, well, real quick, because, you know, we, we don't have a lot of time, but, right. you know, I think Johnny Ray's got to be the championship favorite. I think Scott Redding is a contender. Um, top rack, Razgi, hang on, I can't ever say his name. Raz Gatliagu, glue. There, there you go, Raz Gatliagu. <laughs> but he's Turkish, the Turkish rider, Turkish top rack. But top rack was fantastic last year. He was right up there at the front most of the year. Um, Tito Rabat will be in this championship, so he was just taking uh, Jorge Martin's seat for a little while while he's healing. But he'll be in this championship on the Ducati as well. Um, some names that have been around for a long time, Eugene Laverty will be in it. Uh, the younger brother of Maverick Vinales is in this series. Uh, so, you know, and as you mentioned, Alvaro Bautista, Chaz Davies is in this series. The brother of Sam Lowe's, Alex Lowe's is in this series. So this is a super, super interesting series. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Right. I know, absolutely. A lot of guys, like you said, a lot of folks that, that have been in the GP paddock before. You know, Jonas Folger wrote, wrote yep. um, Andrea Locatelli, I think, yep. wrote in Moto2. Jonas Folger will be one um, of them riding, yep. He's riading yeah. Yamaha, yep. Tito oh, I'm sorry, no, like he's said. riding. What's he riding? What is Jonas Folger riding? He's on a BMW. I'm sorry, BMW. Right. There you go, sorry. He used to be the Yamaha test rider. That's okay. where I got that. And, and like you said, so, you know, Scott Redding as well. He was in the GP paddock. Uh, you know, Tom uh, Sykes has been yep. there forever. Mm-hmm. Leon Haslam. Yep. Man, the names just keep going. Andrea Locatelli is there. I mean, yeah, you're right, 100%. All right, well, let's talk about uh, also this week we have a race here in America. Um, let's talk about Moto America for a minute. Um, they're going to be at Virginia International Raceway. What do you think? What do you got? I mean, you're just looking for more of the same. You looking for uh, some more Jake Gagne show, or do you think uh, our man Skoltz is going to take it to him? What do you think? I gotta go. I gotta jump on the Skoltz bandwagon. Uh, I, I have to jump on the Skoltz bandwagon. I'm I sorry. swear, Bo, you couldn't be a bigger Yamaha fanboy if hey, we had Yamaha tattooed across your back. You tell and, me. And our one sweatshirt on. When you I, I tell can't. me that a Kawasaki, <laughs> oh when a Kawasaki bike will enter the Moto America Superbike grid and not be in the super sport or super stock cup that they're running you give me a legit super bike this is kawasaki and i'll be that team member that uh you can put paul spargo on it and i'll root for that bike oh my gosh these are big words okay moto america you heard it who out there has an extra 20 million they want to burn on some sponsorship for some tax write-offs <laughs> let's get it done we can make this happen um but okay so you're on the skull span wagon you know honestly um I'm actually thinking that the Suzuki's will be strong at VIR. You know, I, I think uh, I think the Fonger, Bobby Fong, will be right there. I think he'll give uh, Jake Gagne a good run. But in the end, I, I, I mean, what I saw from Jake Gagne in race two was pretty impressive. And yeah, um, I agree with that. And, and so, you know, I'm looking for him to take it. Um, but what I'm really interested in, not that I don't care about the Superbike class, uh, what I'm really, really interested in, though, is to see what happens between SDK and Richie Escalante in the Supersport class. Because, I mean, SDK looked lights out at Road Atlanta. Yeah. He looked lights out. So, Richie's got to fight back. What do you think? No, SDK's bringing the heat this year. Uh, he really is. And 
Ooh. He wants it. Bringing the heat. He, he really wants that championship, I think. And and uh, I'm not sure what uh, SDK's plans are after 2021, but uh, you know, obviously he better take himself overseas. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, if he if he does have plans to go to to uh, to Europe in 2021, I guarantee he really wants to leave with the championship. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. I think so. Um, all right, so who do you have finishing on the podium in Superbike race one and two? You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we're going to see a couple Yamahas and a, and a Suzuki on on both podiums. I I can't I can't really pick out an order. You're right going to go Heron? No, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Matt Skoltz, um Jake okay. Kanye, and uh, and I think oh. you're I think you're you're you I think you've got a good uh, a good call with Bobby Fong. He's going to be strong this weekend. I think. Yeah, I think so. He's always, I, I would I agree mean, he's always strong, right? He's tough. He's a tough yeah. rider. Yeah, he is. He's really he's really good at VIR. But um yeah, so okay, I'll see that. Let's let's see what happens. Now, um, do you have SDK taking both of these races? Let's call it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump Ooh, in on your, your SDK. Bostradamus. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bostradamus. Listen, I'm gonna do anything Stradamus variations of our name i can listeners so just get used to that but it's uh it'll be fun it'll be fun i i think that's good all right so let's um so let's see i i am going to say that richie escalante is going to break through he's going to get to the top step i'm just going to counter you there let's see what happens okay let's see if if colstradamus is better than bostradamus Let's figure it out. Everybody's this is riveting podcast material, Um, but yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's it. I think we we touched on them. We're running out of time here, but uh, I can't wait to talk about these races next week. Yeah, and uh, had a lot to pack into this podcast, so we appreciate everyone sticking uh, around. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna have a lot to talk about even more after this this weekend. I'm sure. So that's right. Well, watch the races. Keep the shiny side up and that rubber side down. Bo, I've had a great time. Me too, bud. Good night out there in podcast land. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.